Welcome to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast here on the West Virginia Soccer Association Digital Network. My name is Marcus Cole. Now, before we begin today's show, I want to remind you that once you've had a chance to check out our podcast, make sure you give our podcast a five-star rating and follow us wherever you get your podcast. That helps you stay up to date on all the latest content from us, and it helps us get the word out to others and let them know that we're providing valuable information for soccer players, coaches, referees, and parents. On the phone with us today is Larry Sunderland, Director of Player Development for FC Cincinnati. Larry, welcome to the program. Hi, Marcus. Great to meet you. Really excited to be here with you today. Well, we appreciate you being here. Now, the point of today's podcast and having you on the program uh, is to give our players and give our parents sort of a little bit more information uh, about these academy programs, specifically the FC Cincinnati uh, program, and talk to them about uh, maybe provide some content, some information, and uh, kind of you know help promote self-awareness as far as where these players might fit within an academy, um, what some of the sacrifices to be a part of an academy, what some of the benefits are of uh, being a part of an academy program and talk a little bit about that. So why don't we go ahead and jump right into things. And Larry, why don't you go ahead and just give us a little bit of background uh, about you and your experiences uh, going forward. Sure. Um, Well, I I guess, you know, it started, my dad was a coach. So my dad was uh, very involved in the game in this country. And uh, that sparked my interest, you know, really young. So I, I, I guess I've this is what I've been doing since I was kind of able to walk and, and, and talk a little bit, I suppose. <laughs> um, it, it led me to a, a professional playing career that was about 12, 13 years long. Um, and when I came out of that, and actually while I was playing, I was always trying to coach, right? I, anytime during the off season, I would coach um, because I knew that was where I wanted to go. Um, I have a, a, a background in education uh, through schooling. Um, and when I finished playing my, my questions really revolved around, do I want to try to go into the professional coaching direction? Did I want to try to do, I was doing coaching education with the USSF at that time. Um, and and I, I decided to go more towards a development pathway because um, I, I just felt that's where my strengths were. That's where my background in education was. So uh, I started the whole licensing pathway, right? And, and over the years, I've accumulated the the, the French Federation, the EFCL license, uh, the USSFA, uh, Academy Directors, Scouting Course, uh, US Youth, the KNVB um, course. So I, I, I've tried to tick all those boxes, right? And, uh, and, and one of my, my key core values is, is growth, is learning. So I, I always try to continue to learn. Um, and that's, that's really kept me kind of engaged. And, and uh, you know, the, all these things kind of led connected to my, my background. I was uh, at the Chicago Fire. I had a number of roles. Um, I was director of player development there. I was academy director there. I was, I was an assistant with the first team, and I was with Chicago for almost 10 years. Um, and then uh, just felt like it was a, a good time to make a change and try something different. Uh, I, I moved about as far as I could move from Chicago, and I went out to the Portland Timbers. Um, so I was there for a while as their, uh, youth technical director. Um, I worked with the Timbers for about three and a half years, uh, and then came to FC Cincinnati, uh, starting up the Academy program here with, uh, an expansion MLS franchise was an incredible opportunity for me. Um, and I've also done, uh, I've been the head coach of, of both the U S under 16s and the under 17. So that's kind of a, a little bit of my background uh, on, on this 
um, development phase of, of the game, I guess. Wow, that's a great, uh, great sounding journey, if I do say so. <laughs> it, it, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. Awesome. Sure. Why don't you go ahead and tell us about the FC Cincinnati Academy program? Yeah, we're we're in our second year. I, I guess you can call it a second year. You know, with the pandemic, we've we've lost some time, I suppose. But um, we're in our second year. We had a relatively quick start. Uh, I came on board in uh, June of uh, 2019. Uh, and uh, started the academy that July, and we started off with uh, an under 15 and an under 17 team, um, and I think we we were primarily based locally with players from the kind of the tri-state area here in Cincinnati, um, and I want to say towards the second half of that first year, when the when the pandemic hit and, and that February, um, and things got shut down a bit, we we decided that we were going to be as uh, as optimistic with the situation as we could be and and we didn't want we didn't want this situation that's uh, unfortunately hit the world here to kind of slow us down so we actually grew during the pandemic we added a 13 14 and 19 team um, along with a residency program because we wanted we wanted to get the academy to the next level and that was really expanding the length of time a player would be in our culture in our environment in our pathway and, and also, with the residency program, open up the academy to players from you know, all over the country and potentially all over the world. Um, so that was, that was what we did um, over the last, let's say, close to two years now. Um, going forward, we, we have plans for a, what we call a post-formation team, so an under-23 team that would really complete our uh, pro player pathway um, from under-13 through to the first team. Wow, so you that's got, kind of you yeah, guys that's have, kind of that's seen in a nutshell. Yeah, you guys have grown pretty quick. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it it, it aligns with uh, with the organization. Uh, the organization moves very fast. Um, it, it's it's really um, it's it's a, a an organization with great ambition. You know, from from getting an MLS uh, franchise quickly to building an incredible training center to you know, we have a, a brand new stadium opening uh, next season. So it's it's a very um, ambitious organization. So it's, it's in line with the thinking overall. Yeah, we were going to try to come out uh, there. My daughter and myself were going to come out and uh, check out a game uh, this past summer. Unfortunately, with the pandemic, uh, you know, uh, we had... Uh, uh, got a refund on our on our tickets and that uh, kind of thing. We we're a little bit disappointed, but we understood and uh, and hopefully be able to come out uh, sometime. You know, uh, whenever fans are allowed back and uh, and enjoy uh, what you guys are doing out there. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about the type of players that you guys are looking for for your academy program? Well, you know, I'll I'll throw I'll I'll throw some I guess words out there and and, and I'll try to give a little context to them as we go. Uh, you know, um, we look for it's very important for us that our players are self-regulators, right? And and what what that means to us is a player who um, knows who they are and takes responsibility for their own development, right? So they'll they'll actually drive the process themselves. Right. Well, while we create an environment and we're supportive in the environment, we try to facilitate the learning and, and the growth of a player. Ultimately, it's up to the player themselves. So we, we look for self-regulators and we try to get a little background on players um, 
from their 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 coaching directors, their coaches, right, to find out if it, it, does this player is he self reflective? Does he does he try to work on his own to get better? Does he make plans? Does he set goals for himself? Right. So we look for players like that. Um, we look for players that it, it, what I'll say is are very comfortable on the ball. All right. We our style of play is is very possession oriented. We want to dictate. We want to dictate play when we have the ball. Um, I think the modern game, you're beginning to see uh, players are very flexible positionally, right? So, you know, if you look at the modern game, you're seeing your 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 fullbacks invert and play in the interior of the field rather than on the wide areas. So these players also be very comfortable on the ball where I think years ago you may have found, you know, this player's a specialist, right? He, he's built for this particular role, um, and that's where he has to play because if he comes over here, he's not very successful. Well, I think the game is changing now. So we're looking for players that are really comfortable on the ball, right, that, that, that can play with the ball. So um, we look at players that are intelligent uh, because the, the decision-making at the highest level is, is the, the difference maker, right? So we look for players that are taking information maybe differently on the field, that are, that are prepared before they receive the ball for their next actions, right? So there are little cues that as, as coaches and as – um, evaluators of talent, we can we can begin to look for to determine if a player has this maybe this next level intelligence on the field. Um, we're looking at players that are team first, right? And and where I recognize these things, uh, often in transitional moments, you can really tell if a player is team first, right? When when your team loses the ball, if the player transitions very quickly to win the ball back as part of a group of players that are transitioning quickly, then that begins to give you some clues that the player is, is a team first player, right? Um, how, how well they defend set pieces, how hungry they are at defending set pieces. There are little, again, cues there that, that we can see if a player is more about himself or more about the team first. Um, we look for players that are risk takers, right? That, that aren't afraid to make a mistake. Um, we think that's really important to the growth of a player that they're willing to make mistakes and they're willing to take these risks um, and that we can work with them again with being this self-regulator that they begin to learn when, where, how to take these risks as the games become more and more driven by winning, um, which, which is later, right? Um, we, we think this idea of risk takers is very important. And then last, we, we want a player that will work, right? A player that is a, uh, is a normal hard worker, right? Not a player that'll work hard when a coach shows up to watch, but a player that is a hard worker. That is part of that player's DNA. So we look we look for all those things in our players. And you know what's interesting, you could you could kind of take those pieces and you could kind of put them into brackets and say, well, okay, that's a technical piece, that's a tactical piece, that's a psychological piece, right? So we we touched on things there. Um, what's a little interesting about us is you really didn't hear me say much about the physical piece. And that's, that's because when we look at players to come into our uh, uh, academy, that's probably the last piece we look at. Now, obviously, there are going to be some, some players that have unique physical characteristics, and, and those things will stand out. Um, but ultimately, we believe the physical piece will come in time. Um, and, and there is a, there's a baseline for that and that stuff will come in time, but these other pieces for us are the most important based on our game model, right? right. That's our game model. Well, the one, one thing that you mentioned that I really liked, and I've never heard it explained like that was self-regulators. I like that. I like that terminology. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's that self-awareness, uh, that a player has, uh, about themselves and 
and everything about them. Um, I know this probably goes into my next question, um, but what can players do to help prepare themselves if they have an interest in, you know, developing their career in soccer and being a part of an academy program? Yeah, I, I think it, I think preparation, um, it, it connects to this idea of, of, you know, you're preparing yourself because you want to be identified as a person to come into, you know, perhaps into a, into an MLS Academy. Um, I, I think it's, it's really important that a young players always based on their ambition, right? right? Everybody's a little bit different, right? But based on their ambition, if they have an ambition to uh, one day be a professional player or, or if their ambition is just to play at their very highest level, they can play. Right. And um, I, I think it's important that they're always wa- working toward and, and seeking that next level. Right. So, so always taking information from that next level and then putting plans together, right. And, 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 and objectives together that, that point towards them working towards that next level, if, if that makes sense. Right. And, yeah. and, and again, this goes back to that self-regulator idea, right? If, if, if I'm in a local youth club and, and I want to get to an MLS Academy, well, then I need to be looking at the steps between where I am and, and an MLS Academy and evaluate what things I need to improve upon. What do I need to do to take each of those steps? Right. And, and that's a very individual thing, isn't it? Yep. You know, it's, some players are going to need, you know, some players are going to need to, to be able to think quicker on the field, to solve problems quicker. Other players are just going to need to work on their, their comfort with the ball, their technical abilities, right? So I think those are very individual things. But I think what you need to be doing is always looking at that next level. What is that next level? And then how do I get identified for that next level? You know, um, And for some players, there may be two or three steps before an MLS academy. Other players, there may be just one step. Um, and how do we do that? Well, we have to need, we need to find what that next level is and, and, um, and just find a way to get into that next level of competition, right? Because the competition drives it. Yeah. And I think you bring up an important point of, of having a plan. I think once you, once you, once you have that plan in your mind, obviously that plan, you know, you, you know, you have to learn to adapt to certain things like a worldwide pandemic. Um, You have to learn to adapt to certain things. And also too, that helps you find out who you are and what you're willing to do to take that next level. You know, Mm -hmm. you you know, you may decide that you want to be, you know, playing the MLS someday and then you start making your plan and then you think, well, maybe, maybe, you know, I, maybe that's not the ultimate end all, end all for me. Maybe it's just playing in college. Um, yeah. You just find out can, so much about yourself. Yeah. And you can control that process. You can't control the outcome. Right. Right. But you can control that process. And this is why, you know, we'll go back to that self-regulator piece again. It, it's been proven that self-regulators have a, a much higher percentage chance, right, of, of reaching their goals, right? Of if, if the goal is to become a professional soccer player, self-regulators have a much better chance at doing that than a person who's not a self-regulator, right? So these are all the things that, that they, they it kind of falls in line with that. That's great. Um, you talked about um, uh, getting discovered, so to speak. What are what are some things that players can do to quote unquote get discovered by an academy? Yeah, I, you know, this is where as a country we need to get better right, right. It, it, as and we're we're very young 
right? The MLS yep. Academy system is very young. I think we're, as a country, I think we're very young in, in really understanding, if we understand it yet, we're learning, right? Uh, really understanding player development, right? And mm-hmm. and the key to it, for me, this is where I always start. It, it hasn't always worked out this way, but the identification of talent is so key, right? And we're a, we're a huge country, um, and, and there are so many players out there that are, I'm, I'm sure, that are undiscovered. Oh, yeah. Right? So so that question is, what do you do to get discovered? I, you try to make it as easy as possible for scouts to see you. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's the bottom line, isn't it? So get, so, so get places where scouts would see you. And where is that? You know, okay, uh, you know, if, if you're talking about, you know, you look, one of the things the Development Academy provided – when, when the Development Academy started, it, it provided a place for all the college scouts to go and see, quote-unquote, the top talent in the country, mm-hmm. right? It, it, it made it easier for the scouts to see the talent, right? So it's it's no different when we're talking about MLS Academy scouts going out and finding players. You need to get to places where it's it's easier for these, these scouts to see you. So uh, some of that might be ODP programs, right? I mean, I go and scout the ODP programs all the time the regional ODP, you know, we, we do that all the time. We, and then we'll go and scout the, the, the most competitive leagues that we can find. We'll go out and scout. Right. Yep. Um, and then it's also about, it's about networking. It's about, you know, it's about the directors and coaches at your local clubs networking with, with MLS academies, networking with other clubs. Right. And Hey, I have this talent. Let's, let's get this talent in front of somebody. I mean, we, we have, I'll tell you, over the course of a season, we have hundreds of players in on trial, yeah. right? And they come in and they stay three, four days, and they come in, they train with our teams, and and we do an evaluation on them, right? And um, you know, and these are things we need to get better at, for sure, and we need to find a way to increase our scouting system in the U.S. for sure. But certainly from the player standpoint, individual standpoint, and taking some responsibility for the process get in front of people at the highest competitive level you can. You know, we had a player here in West Virginia um, who uh, played uh, down in uh, Virginia friendlies, ODP friendlies uh, in Williamsburg a number of years ago. And a uh, Philadelphia Union uh, scout happened to be there and saw him, invited him up to the academy. And he tried out for the academy, was accepted. He's played a number of years for them and uh, even went out and played for one of the U.S. national, uh, I think it was under 16 uh, yep. program and stuff like that. So, I mean, we've seen West Virginia players be able to do that kind of thing, but let, let me, let, let me ask you the side question, I guess, um, it, you know, if you have that plan and, you know, and playing in an Academy is something that you're interested in can, I mean, just in reality, and please be honest uh, with me about yeah. this. Um, if somebody was interested in playing, say for FC Cincinnati, um, could they contact you and say, listen, I'm a player. This is where I am right now. I'm interested in playing. I mean, almost sort of like college, uh, you know, yeah. I'm interested in coming to your school. Um, I mean, is that a pathway for somebody just to, you know, to show interest in what you guys are doing and then say, you know, I mean, then you can keep a, a relationship going, you know, with them and, and, you know, Hey, I'm going to be here at this ODP regional event. You, you know, this is when I'm playing that. I mean, is that a, practical thing absolutely yeah yeah um i I think that's um that's a a good point we we do we get 
every day we get you know numerous emails from from individual players that hey you, I want to know if we can come in on trial and and I'll always get background or, or my staff will always get background and we'll try to do a little bit of investigating we always look for film you know that that can help um, but but look our job is to give players opportunities right? right that that is that is our job so so yeah there's there's numerous numerous players that contact us that we have them in you know this is this is all part of scouting, right? Now, and, and I'll be quite honest with you, the, you mentioned the Philly Union. They do the best job in this country of scouting. I mean, they, 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 um, they direct significant resources towards scouting, and, and you can see the, the benefit that has for their program. They have such a successful academy now, and so much of it. Look, there's, there's great content, there's great coaches, there's, there's great infrastructure, all that stuff, but it starts with talent identification. And they've done a fantastic job of that. And this is one of the reasons you see them producing players. Now. Why don't you tell us a little bit about maybe some of the misconceptions that maybe a player or parent has uh, about an academy program from their point of view? Yeah, I, it's interesting. I, I think they're very similar, right? And, and, and that makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Because quite honestly, the parents have the greatest influence on the player. Yep. Right. I mean, they're with them the, the, the most uh, greatest amount of time. OK, so I think I think it's, it's one of the misconceptions. Right. Is that once you're here, you've arrived. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I think that's a misconception. Some people because it's so new in this country. Right. And, and the majority of soccer in this country is still pay to play that all of a sudden when a player comes to an MLS Academy and you have. You know, you have these coaches, you have this infrastructure, you have this facility, everything's given to you, right? You're training at the same place as the first team, right? There, There's, it, 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 unfortunately, it can feel like you've arrived when in fact it, you've just started, right? So I, I think there's, there's a misconception that getting into an MLS Academy means you have a contract or you're a pro. Right. And, and it doesn't. The, the, you know, it just the journey just begins when you get there. Right. And the competition really just begins when you get there. You know, and I always tell our players here, I, I, I say, you know, you if you want to be a pro, you act like a pro. Right. If, if you're 15 years old and you're here, act like a pro. But, you know, you're not a pro until you get your contract. Yep. Right. Um, so I think that's really critical. Um that there's an understanding that the, the, the journey's just beginning when you get here. And the other thing I tell all the players here is that, you know, your competition is not necessarily just the players on the team on the, on the field with you that are all fighting for that one contract, right? Your, your competition is every other player in the country, you know, and, and it's tiered, right? Your, your nearest competition is every other player in an MLS academy. Your nearest competition for us is players in the Columbus Crew Academy. Everybody's competing for this very small percentage of professional contracts across MLS, right? So the the journey is really just beginning when a player gets here, and I, I think that's the, I think sometimes that's a misconception that, that people think they've arrived. If a player is invited to join the academy, what are some of the things that they can expect? Well, I, I think, look, I, I think one of the let's say one of the changes that they can expect when they, when they join an academy like this is um, the, the workload is significantly higher. Right. And, and I, I always see it. Um, 
I always see it at kind of the induction age, right? The age that you start the academy. Um, it, it's very, it's very recognizable. Um, but what was really interesting to me, we had three new age groups here this year, right? Mm -hmm. So, so, and then last year we had two brand new age groups. So I've, I've now seen five cycles of, of basically being new induction and, it's, it's really interesting how midway through the fall or the spring season, you start to see performance drop a little bit, right? And, and we don't get upset by it because we understand these, these are all players that have just come into a new situation, but the workload is so much higher. It's, it's training every single day, right? And the demands of training are much higher or much greater. The focus of training is much higher, is much greater, right? And, and that's uh, obviously if you, if you are bringing the best of the best together, the demands become greater. The focus becomes greater, right? Every training session is, is what we get, what we say here is every training session has to be like a final, yeah. right? And, and, and that's a change. That's a significant change that, that not only physically takes a toll, but mentally takes a great toll. Right. Uh, yeah, I, it's it's amazing because and and then it, that really I think that really puts a lot of clarity into the you know is this what I want? Mm -hmm. You know, because I mean you yeah. don't I mean you never know a certain you never really a hundred percent know a certain a situation until you're into it. And, you know, and I told this to my children, my, both my children, uh, you know, my son was a collegiate swimmer. My daughter's currently playing a division two women's soccer. And, mm -hmm. you know, I told them, I said, this is a job. This is a job on top of your education. And I said, you know, you'll, you'll go through the season and, you know, at some point you'll determine whether this is something you want to continue to do. I mean, it's great to say it before you get into the program and then, you know, through the blood, the sweat and the tears, um, you know, is this something that I really want to do? Like my son, he, yeah. he, he swam for one year and he decided he didn't want to do it anymore. It was just too much for him and for him to keep up with his academics. And for him, he realized that his academics were more important to him than swimming in college. I mean, he swam for pretty right. much his entire life, but he decided, you know, and that's where we start figuring out what's important to us, what's not important to us, or maybe it, it was important to us and then things change. And I, yep. I think that's a great lesson for our kids to learn, uh, you know, in these situations. Absolutely. No question. And, and, What's really interesting is, is how you balance this, right? Yeah. Um, because they, they are still kids. Yeah. Right? And, and you still need to have that. So it, it also teaches a real uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? It, it's, it's kind of like a self-determination. Yep. Right? Um, and and that's, that's wonderful for, for the player. But it's also difficult, right? Because now if you think about it, on top of this workload we're talking about, they come into a new environment, there's this new workload, this, there's physically and mentally, and that's a stressor, right? And that, that drains their resources. And on top of it now, pretty much all the players that you have in an MLS academy came from an environment where they were the best. Yep. Where they played every minute, right? They, they could dominate their environment. Uh, which means that sometimes if you dominate in your environment, unless you're really well put together, that also means you can cheat sometimes, mm -hmm. right? And, and and now they're in an environment where they're with all of the best of the best, and they're competing. And and look, we don't want things to always go well for them, right? We want them to to feel what it's like to to fail, 
right? We want them to understand how to how to build resilience, right? Yep. So so all those lessons are tough lessons to learn, but they're critical for their growth and their their future development. And 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 that that's a difference, right? That's a difference for the players, and and that can really challenge some players. And also, too, you mentioned about the stressors, um, you know, and then you think about the age of the players and, um, you know, how they handle that kind of thing. You know, I mean, they're not mentally mature enough most of the time to handle some of this stuff. But, you know, that's that's where you kind of learn how to how to handle those stressors and handle those challenges and how to handle adversity. And, you Mm -hmm. know, and and that's part of the culture, too, of doing that and providing, you know, it's always nice when you know you have an opportunity to go into a situation where the culture is built around you know yeah we're gonna we're gonna push you we're gonna make things a little bit more difficult than what you're used to you know and if you fail that's okay it we'll see how you know we'll help you learn how to deal with that kind of thing and i think that's always a very positive thing not only for them at this at this athletic level but also later once you know things are done with their athletic career and them becoming people yeah, absolutely. I, I think I think we have to really pay close attention to the fact that the vast majority of these players are not going to be professionals. Right. Right. They're going to they're going to be good college soccer players. But more importantly, we want them to be really good citizens. We want them to be really good people. So I think the culture that you create around the club, around the academy becomes really important for that. And, and, and the culture is important also for pushing those players that are going to be pros through because I think having the right culture actually um, aids in a person reaching their full potential. Right. Um, but this, this idea of, of a holistic approach to it is, is really important because we understand that the, the vast majority are not going to be pros. Larry, as we wrap things up here on the podcast, I want to ask you one more question. If you could give these players uh, just that want to be a part of the Academy, what's one piece of advice that you would give to them? I, I think with my own children, I, I use this and, and I'll share this. It's the idea of perseverance over time, right? Anybody can persevere for a day or for a week or for a month, right? But the idea of persevering over time is a great lesson to learn for anything, whether it's soccer or whether, you know, it, it's life, right? This idea of persevering, right? And, and, and keep going. And, you know, like I said, the difference maker is how long you can do that for. I agree. I agree. It's an important lesson for, for all of us to learn shoot, even at, at my age. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. yep. <laughs> I'm hey, still trying. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know every, every day, every day. Yep. Um, yep. If somebody wants to find out more about the uh, FC Cincinnati Academy program, where can they go to find out more information about you guys? Yeah, they can, they can go to the um, FC Cincinnati uh, website at fccincinnati.com. Um, they can go to our website and uh, just link up to the academy there, and there's different connecting points through that that they can uh, they can find out more, or they can connect uh, directly with us at the academy. Awesome, Larry. Thank you so much for coming on our program today. I think you provided a lot of great content, uh, uh, hopefully to help those who might be interested in joining an academy somewhere down the road. We appreciate your time. Well, it was my pleasure, Marcus. Really enjoyed being on. And thank you for listening to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast here on the West Virginia Soccer Association Digital Network. Now that you've heard our show, make sure you give our podcast a five-star rating and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back next Thursday with another episode, so we hope to see you next week. Take care.